listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. If there's a tiny no there, listen to that tiny no. If there's a tiny yes, listen to the tiny yes. Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate, relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old-fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my hosts, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory, where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. As I do more research on psychedelic substances and wait for the winter to end, to progress off my SSRIs, that is, before I experiment further with psychedelics, I thought it would be fun to interview some people on their experiences of psychedelics, so Alex Owens is back today to share some of their stories on psychedelia. Again, neither of us are experts or doctors, this is not medical advice, and I encourage you to do your own research and evaluate your risk profile. My nonchalant opinions of serotonin syndrome and my risk to it should not be misconstrued as as a suggested default position. Um, Serotonin syndrome can be life-threatening in the worst cases. I felt the risk of that was extremely low for me, and I might have thought that recklessly or not. Um, It was the right decision for me. It may not be the right decision for you. So all I can say is there can be drug interactions between SSRIs and psilocybin. I encourage you to ask your doctor and or reach out to responsible psychedelic use organizations. There are a lot of you know, orgs online that talk about psychonauts or other, other terms they use for people who use psychedelics. So I'll just say I encourage you to go out there and be safe and learn all the things. Also, for expectation setting, the ego-death experience on mushrooms that Alex discusses, either in the last episode or in this one, I think both, um, involved a tab of acid as well. Okay, let's go to Alex Owens now and hear stories about various psychedelics they've tried here on Intimate Interactions. Do you have any, like, stories you want to share about your various psychedelics? Sure, yeah. For, like, the past couple years, I've kind of done, like, little stints of microdosing mushrooms. Mm -hmm. What's a microdose? And... Uh, microdose is usually like 0.5 of a gram or less, mm-hmm. um, which 0.5 is threshold, I think, which is when like you can notice the effect. So anything under that is a microdose. Sure. And it depends on how heavy you are as a human and how quickly you absorb it. Yada, exactly. yada, yada. But, but go on. It varies like per person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I recently like started microdosing again. Um, and I had this like it started like good like I had some really good insights I felt like inspired um more like creatively inspired um and then kind of like the last my last one I did I got like like I wasn't noticing any difference of like anything when I was on it I was like okay that's fine um and which is the case like for you know most of the times um and I had this, I suddenly got this like really visceral, like feeling memory of like having my mouth like filled with sand. Okay. And it was oh, like, if you can just imagine like, like having like your mouth filled with sand, like being buried alive, like in the sand or something like that. Like, oh, and I could feel it like as if I lived through it. 
And it was, oh, like, I, it was just so gross and so real. And I just, I couldn't, like, I couldn't get away from this feeling. Like, and it was just like, oh, it would send like chills, like up the back of my spine. And I would like, it would always come back. Like when I was seeing about something else, I'd be like hit with a memory again and be like, oh, it, it happened like that for like a few days afterwards. I had this like weird feeling memory and then it started to go away and became like less visceral and like less disgusting. And like now it's like, I don't really have it anymore, mm -hmm. but that was like, that was not pleasant. <laughs> I was like, what is there for me to learn from this? I'm like, what is this teaching me? I don't know. <laughs> and so I just haven't been motivated to try it again after that. I mean, I, I know I will, but it's like the following your intuition thing. Like when I'm ready, I'll know to do it again. Totally. So. It's kind of like an, I do what I feel like, like when you feel like doing it, you'll do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I've always wondered if like dropping all of your brains, like filtering and just taking in raw sensory stimuli like that, like reprocessing things with, with less of a trauma filter and just like taking in senses with less of a trauma filter, like how, like, yeah. I know those systems like evolved for reasons and that maybe being directly exposed to my inner self is like not a great time. And that maybe to be like a functional <laughs> adult, I can't operate in that space all the time. So sometimes it makes me wonder, like when I do have those experiences, maybe sometimes I have these experiences that are really non-functional, right? Ones that don't serve me. Like maybe it's like corrupted sensory data or like however you want to think about it. It's like you have this mashing of sensations that your brain wouldn't normally put together. And sometimes you have cool insights you can get or you like learn from it. But then other times you're like, why is my mouth full of sand? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I usually am like really good at like thinking about, you know, what I went through and like what I can learn from it. And it's always, there's always something, <laughs> but it was just so random. And like, that was it. That was it. You're like, huh, my mouth is full of sand. That's nauseating and uncomfortable. I don't think I'm going to do oh, that yeah. for a while. <laughs> yes. And maybe like the only point of that experience is mushrooms telling me, Hey, maybe don't microdose for a while. Like maybe that was the point. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Are you down to share some more stories? Like, do you have time to share more psychedelic stories? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. So I'm curious what your experience of 2CB was. What exactly is 2CB? Um, 2CB is like, uh, it's a, I put in quotes like designer drug. Mm -hmm. um, so basically like a drug that was made for human consumption to create some sort of experience. Mm -hmm. It has some like stimulating properties and some psychoactive properties. Um, for me, it was quite visual. Um, like my pattern recognition or whatever, like went up by a lot and it was like really beautiful. Um, but this didn't happen every time, but once I was on it, I like, I felt like my heart beating like really fast, but like I became convinced I was like gonna beat like out of my throat. Wow. And I was like starting to panic. Wow. 
So it's, it's interesting. Like I've done TCB like several times. It was all like a while ago, but it's like, it's the negative or scary experiences that really stick in your mind, you know? So I do remember that like quite vividly. And of course, you know, my heart did not beat out of my chest. <laughs> so I, um, so I Googled it and 2CB is yeah. formed hormone 25 dimethoxyphenethylamine, which is a psychedelic from 1974. It's a recreational drug sold as white powder, referred to by a number of street names. It is considered a mild intactogen which is a class of drugs that produces experiences of emotional communion, oneness, relatedness, emotional openness, empathy, sympathy, um, and various other things. So, yeah, that is, that is what mm -hmm. the interwebs has to tell me in like my one minute of not, not enough due diligence. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's su super yeah. cool that you talk about it, like increasing your heart rate and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, also, I don't know if that was like the psychoactive part, like, my, me thinking that was happening that like actually not happening mm -hmm. you know like in reality so but yeah that wasn't a very exciting story <laughs> I remember like I was near some like like a two by four or something like and I was like looking at like the patterns in the wood and it was so like intricate and geometric and I really enjoyed that part um, it's yeah. it's often compared to the mixture of a serotonogenic psychedelic and then also taking MDMA at the same time. That's how it's described mm -hmm. here. The stimulant part. Yeah. yeah. That's why when you said like it was like more stimulant, I'm like, yeah, I can I can totally see why it would make your heart beat super fast and like why mm. why the psychedelic part of it would make you super aware of that. You'd be like, oh my god, it's beating <laughs> so hard so fast because you get the double whammy yeah. of like increased heart rate and then also increased perception of things happening in your body. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say that like that psychedelic is like my favorite sure. for sure, <laughs> but I would definitely like, I definitely do it again. Mm -hmm. You know, with psychedelics, like that's the thing, like your experience every time can be like so vastly different mm -hmm. that you never like really know what's going to happen, which I love. <laughs> totally. I uh, did DMT once, okay. which was like very difficult to do mm -hmm. um, because we were using like a vaporizer and for me, like the smoke from it was just like so abrasive. Like, I don't know if it's like the chemical or if it's like the heat, if it's like extra hot or something, but I, it just like, it feels like your lungs are like burning. Um, it, your lungs are actually not burning. It just feels like that. <laughs> it's like, it feels like, unlike anything you've ever felt before i'm sure i've heard that and but you have to like you have to hold it in for like a while for it to like you know absorb into you and the trick is being able to hold it in for that long without like dissolving into like uh cough right uh thing so <laughs> Dissolving into a cough thing. Right. Okay. So that's the technical um, way to say that. Before having like a fit of coughing and just like coughing all the medication coughing, out. Yeah. Yes. A coughing fit. Yes. <laughs> um, but once I did manage to hold it in long enough that I had an experience 
And what my experience was, I'll try to explain it, was that everything, like, I, I wasn't in the room anymore. And what I was seeing was, like, um, undulating, like, patterns. Mm -hmm. But they were, like, they looked like 3D, like, latex patterns, like, shiny. Okay. Yeah. Um, kind of like the floor of, like, a bouncy castle kind of thing where it's like lumpy but like filled with air and like kind of like that sure. you know what i mean um yeah like like yeah. a plasticky shiny but then also like almost like yeah that sounds like full of yeah shape like everything was like yeah. pumped full of shape yes yes <laughs> okay so it was like <laughs> yeah bouncy castle world but the thing <laughs> yes but the thing is, that's like hard to explain because like these things are always hard to explain in words, but I'll try. The patterns were like, they were like sexy, mischievous, like clown show creatures. That's so and cool. Were, yeah. And they were like, they were like being like mischievous at me in a way that I can only describe as as like sexual but like the word <laughs> but like the word sexual doesn't even come close to describing what it was but that's the closest thing that i have in like human language to describe it yep that makes sense so and they were like and i like i felt like bashful like i'm like oh should i be looking at this right now <laughs> Oh my god. And I was like kind of like oh, tea. <laughs> and they were like doing all these like movements and like they were so mischievous. And then that kind of just like faded back into like more simple patterns and then that was that. Cool. So you had this experience and that was <laughs> yeah. the that was the only experience you had on DNT. Yes. Yeah. And these were like sexy animals. Were they like balloon animals almost? Um, they were like, they were like showgirls, like clown showgirls, Amazing. like performer type energy, like, but also kind of creature, like energy. Got it. But they weren't like animals. Got it. They were like showgirl, primal showgirl, kind of like latex, shiny, mischievous, clown teasy, thing. clown, yeah. sexy creatures. <laughs> yeah that sounds and they were like putting on the show for me and they thought it was like funny that i like felt shy about like looking at it <laughs> that's so adorable i wonder if you thought it was funny you felt shy looking at it in the moment i just i was just like overcome with like oh my god i don't know if i should be looking at this like this is like this is naughty and like kind of embarrassing oh my god <laughs> that's amazing yeah yeah, it was very visceral. Like, yeah, it was somewhere else completely. Yeah. And so it's so funny because as I've done this work of trying to ask lots of people what their experiences on psychedelics were, also thank you very much for being so willing to be open and vulnerable about these experiences with lots of people. Um, my hope is that 
no problem. I love talking about this stuff. Like, <laughs> seriously, yeah. Me too. I'm, I, I hope it's as helpful for other people as it has been for me. Because yeah. for me, it's like there are certain common threads that I just keep hearing over and over again. Because like when you read a Wikipedia article, yeah. it doesn't really put into words what a psychedelic experience is. Um, you kind of have to just yeah. get people's experiences. And when you read someone's experiences, it doesn't come across in text. When someone literally writes, I had this experience with lots of latex, you know, like shiny, mischievous, sexy, showgirl, creature, clowns. You're At a certain point, you're like, I have no idea what this person is talking about. But when you have like an in-person <laughs> conversation, there's like an element of like, yeah, this doesn't really make sense to me either. But like, here's what came up and here's how it impacted me uh -huh. and like how I felt about it. And then you're like, okay, well, that doesn't sound terrifying. It sounds like this was actually like more of a like embarrassment experience. Um, it just contextualizes it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very, it was very playful, like playful to the max. That's awesome. <laughs> and it was just, it was just so much for me. Like I was just like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, just, I was like, should I look? Or should I not look? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So the things I keep hearing, if you're curious about DMT, are things like it's like nothing you've ever felt before, whether it's taking it or being on it. Um, I've also heard. Um, Oh, shoot. There was another thing you said right towards the end. Right. You said I, it was like I was in a totally different place. Like you, you can't mm -hmm. describe the departure from human experience to DMT space, except perhaps yeah. by saying you're a psychonaut. You literally travel to an alternative dimension or somewhere else. And I'm like, totally. I'm like, that is a wild experience. Like for people who are like, I would like the experience of traveling to another dimension. It's sort of like, okay, cool. Then it might be worth taking a journey down the rabbit hole of how do I do this safely for myself so that I can have another mm -hmm. experience one day doing the same thing. So it's, it's super rad to talk about psychedelics with you because you've done like at least had like one experience on like enough of them that I can sort of be like, cool, how's this? You also don't have yeah. what I call like a chronic psychedelic mindset, which is like, I know people who have done psychedelics chronically who are like... I don't want to say addled because that's disrespectful, but like they're in a space where like they haven't fully come back to human experience space. And like, oh, shit. I've, I've definitely met people where like you talk to them about psychedelics and like everything about them changes and you start realizing that like, oh, like when they're not talking about psychedelics or on psychedelics, like there's a bit of a mask that's up all the time between like where mm. they are, mm -hmm. where they have to be to function and like where they go. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, okay, well, I don't know if I want to be in a space where I'm so altered, I can't quite make it 100% back to who I want to be to be functional. And and maybe I'm, there's some judgment there too, right? Like maybe I'm putting some of my own bias and judgment on what I perceive because I haven't done as much as they have. But I'm sort of trying to figure out like, how much of what do I want to do to have the experiences I want? And like, what risks am I willing to take to be in my risk profile so I can have those experiences without risking more than I'm willing to risk? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you say that because, um, I have heard that like that can, that can happen to people. Um, but it is very, like, it's not common. Got it. Um, and I think like that is m more likely to happen if you have like a predisposition to like psychosis or like schizophrenia, there are some kind of, um, like mental things that if you have kind of like a family history of or something like maybe psychedelics isn't the right choice for you or like just know that maybe you know 
that could make something like that come up or be significantly worse after the fact yeah so just because Mm -hmm. we're talking about things like having bipolar or you know major depressive disorder in my case i haven't really looked into bipolar like how that interacts with whatever but it sounds like you've had a really positive experience yeah um I, I, I did research like before, cause I was interested research, like Googling, whatever, <laughs> because I was interested in psychedelics before I did them. Um, and bipolar was like one of the ones I was like, be careful. Like, you know, it's not recommended that you do that with bipolar. Got it. Um, but I like the pull to do it was so strong that I, I knew like, I didn't know it would be okay, but like, I felt it would be like, right. That no, it was just my intuition that said, do this. Right. So it's sort of like, no matter how <laughs> um, it turned out, it was within your risk profile. Cause you wanted to do it that badly. Yes. Um, and yeah. So like, it just makes me so curious. Like, did it, did it cure my bipolar? Was I wrongly diagnosed? Right. Um, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, you know, so maybe, yeah, like I have so many questions. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. well, that's such a good insight that you just brought up. Like, it's theoretically possible you were wrongfully diagnosed. And like, that didn't even occur to me as a possibility. And I'm like, yeah, that's like, I'm so Mm -hmm. glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's definitely crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so I'm I'm curious about some of these other ones. So you mentioned that you did 25B as well. What exactly is 25B? I will search. Um, 25B, I think, is a milder version of 2CB or, like, something else. Okay. <laughs> 25C, maybe? Oh, my God. Well, because you said that you had done 2CB. It's a milder version of, like, some, like, one of those. because it. it was... You okay. said you did two CB. It was a long time ago when I did Fair this enough. one. I also could have written yeah. it down wrong. So you did two CB, and then we can scratch out the other one that you can't 100% remember what it's called. Um, MDMA. Um, is MDMA even a psychedelic? Is it counted as one? Um, it has, like, psychoactive properties. Sure. Like, you can, like, hallucinate, and it does have, like, some visual, um, like, perception changes at higher doses, which I have experienced myself. Oh, okay. Um, oh, something that I did kind of more recently, um, was it's like, it's a, it's like a analog of psilocybin. Um, that's also like a designer drug that was like designed for human experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but is classified as a research drug, which is great because that makes it like a gray area for like legality. (laughs) So you can actually buy it legally, at least last time I checked. It's called um, uh, For Homipt or For Homet. Those two are very similar. Mm-hmm. So I often use them interchangeably, but I guess I used For Homet the first, first out of those two mm-hmm. um, at a festival. Um, it's basically like psilocybin without the nausea and without. Uh, the darkness that sometimes can happen. Well, because it's um, it's definitely like a derivative of methamphetamine as well. Like it's three, four um, methylene dioxy methamphetamine. So it's not quite the same. You mean in terms of effects, it's basically like psilocybin in terms of how you how it feels. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it is very like visual. Um, very like um, similar effects to like mushroom visuals. Mm -hmm. um, when I did it, um, I did it at a festival. It was just like giggly, giggly times. Right. Just like laughing the whole time. It was just so light and bubbly and like it was visually beautiful. Everything was hilarious. Um, 10 out of 10 <laughs> for fun times. So that I was, that was my experience one. on psilocybin. So on psilocybin, I was just mm. so giggly, like had that sense of euphoria. Yeah. Um, everything was funny. Everything felt a little more connected, but I didn't have any like visual hallucinations or auditory hallucinations. My perception wasn't really changed except for like my emotional experience. But then again, I was on the golden teachers varietal of, you know, psilocybin mushrooms, not like lizard King or any of the other varietals. Cause there are like 10 to 20 mm. different classifications. Um, at least at the dispensary yeah. I went to, they sold like a, an amazing array of different psilocybin containing mushrooms. Yeah. yeah. So I had a weird experience with psychedelics where I was drinking a tea of something. And it's so funny when you're at like a Burning Man festival, people just hand you a tea and they're like, oh, this is mildly, you know, psychoactive. Like, do you still do you want it? And you're like, why not? You know, when it when it and this was a regional Burning Man, but you know, when at any Burning Man event, like, sure, random thing that I don't know if I'm predisposed to any negative thing happening. I'll just yeah, let me yeah. slam that. So I. I had this yeah. tea and literally the person that gave it to me was like, we were in a tea house and they were serving teas to everybody. So like I trusted them mm -hmm. to not just like totally roofie mm -hmm. me, which is always a danger for anyone who's accepting drinks from anyone at any kind of festival. Like, <laughs> please be with friends, be safe. I am, I am scared yeah. for you, hypothetical human. Um, and I drank this tea and they were like, it's not even psychoactive for most people. Some people say it's not at all, but it's psychoactive for some people. And I was like, okay. And I remember I drank one cup and felt nothing and I had a second cup and didn't really feel anything. And I was kind of just about finished my second cup and I closed my eyes. And in that split second, I saw like this, this razor Lotus mouth thing. And when I opened my eyes, it was superimposed where I was looking, which was on my thigh. And it was like, there was this flesh razor Lotus Whoa. thing coming out of my thigh. And then I blinked again and it was gone. Oh, cool. And I was like, that is <laughs> enough psychedelics for me. And I put my glass down and was like, I'm good. Thanks. That was the only psychoactive effect I had from that tea. And I just remember being like, that was not taking me in the direction of a good experience. <laughs> yep. So yeah, what you were saying, all that stuff about like kind of listening to your intuition, like listen to what you're telling yourself about like, this is good for you. Or like, you're not ready for this. Or like this door should probably yeah. stay closed. Do you ever mm -hmm. watch Adventure Time? Yes. I haven't watched it like, for a long time, but I did watch it. So there's a moment when Jake and Finn have gone to save Lemon Grab from this famine, and they've brought all these candy seeds to grow new food for them because the Lemon Grabs have destroyed their candy seeds. They, they, they aren't fully sure what's happened, but they're going to investigate. And literally, like, Finn mm. opens a door, and there's this screaming banana inside sitting on the floor, like, 10 yards away, and it's just screaming, and its scream gets more and more, like, demonic, and then it starts peeling itself... And Jake just reaches over to the door and goes, nope, and closes it. And it's like, 
the funniest nope ever, but I'm like, yeah, sometimes you need to know, like, okay, I've seen what's behind that door. It is terrifying. And to the very best of my ability, I am noping right the fuck out. And that's totally okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Word, word to the folks thinking of trying psychedelics. Please be very careful with your dosing. This is why I'm so careful with like very, very carefully figuring out my reactions on microdoses, slowly increasing. And you know what? If two point whatever grams didn't get me a super intense experience on Golden Teachers, I don't need to see if more grams would because it's not really supposed mm. to. So there's something else going on is what I've learned and that... I either need to try a different varietal or maybe I need to have a second experience when I feel right for it and probably when I'm not on medication. So that's what my next mushroom experience is probably going to be. Yeah, I have kind of felt like a shift of intuition, like towards a door that was like closed for uh, like a long time. Like I had heard of like ayahuasca. I'd like, I Googled it, like listened to podcasts, like my friends had like told me about their experiences and like the whole time, like I felt, I was like, that is really cool. I have no, like, I don't want to do that. Like not, not ever, but I just, I, I felt like so strongly. I'm like, no, not right now. And I didn't know if like I would ever be into that, but I just, I felt so strongly like for so long, just like, no, mm. this is not something right now. Mm. And more recently, I have started to feel like a shift there. Like, yeah, I think, I think this could be something that would be beneficial for me in the future, near ish future, mm -hmm. which is exciting to feel that shift. Absolutely. So yeah, more on that to come. Absolutely. I'm, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, but at no, some point. <laughs> I'm, I'm super interested in hearing what your experience is on that. Um, just for the sake of folks listening, I just wanted to update them that I have Googled like examples of classical psychedelics and the way Wikipedia groups uh, serotonogenic psychedelics is that um, classical ones like are DMT, LSD, mescaline and psilocybin. Those are like the four sort of classical ones that it lists. And um, it mentions that tryptamine psychedelics such as DMT and psilocybin actually resemble serotonin, but like the, um, the phenethylamine psychedelics such as mescaline and like compounds in the 2C family more closely resemble dopamine, which is like super interesting. Mm. That is interesting. Mm. But uh, yeah, so psychedelics can impact serotonin in a way i don't understand fully and i probably should before continuing to mix them with ssris is what i have tldr that yeah. is what i have learned <laughs> that is what i've learned and the funny thing is you know how you mentioned that you you knew that like there was a really big risk with bipolar that it's one of the ones you're not really supposed to do it with i knew that about taking um psychoactive drugs in general on SSRIs is like probably a bad idea. You're clearly mm -hmm. being treated for something. You probably don't need to mix anything to begin with, but then also like it resembles mm -hmm. serotonin. There's risk of serotonin. Syndrome. I knew all that. And there was such a strong pull to try psychedelics that I did anyways. So it's like, it's not like I'm mm -hmm. ignorant of these things. I just also have come to a place in my life where I'm like, cool. The risk profile is, is not there anymore because now I've done as much as I was willing to do and I didn't get the effects that I wanted. And now it's no longer seemingly worth it for me. So I'm going to wait until I'm not on medication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, thank you. Do you have any closing comments about like psychedelia? Um, 
just reiterating, listen, listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. If there's a tiny no there, listen to that tiny no. If there's a tiny yes, listen to the tiny yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so <laughs> yeah. much for all your time, Alex. I really appreciate you chatting about your experiences with us here at Intimate Interactions. So how did you like it, Intimates? Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com forward slash Intimate Victor, or tweet me at Intimate Victor, or follow my Instagram, you guessed it, at Intimate Victor. If you can spare the cost of coffee to help the show keep going, head to patreon.com slash Victor Salmon. We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a review anywhere online, especially iTunes. Or you can just tell a friend. The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords, and played by an AI-rendered saxophonist. The closing music is Gymnopédie, number one, by Eric Satie. Both are provided royalty-free, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may your most important relationships be filled with the intimate, rich interactions you crave. Be well. <laughs>